Welcome to Writers Talking TV, brought to you by the Writers Guild of Canada. I'm Jeff Biederman, a journeyman screenwriter and host of today's podcast, featuring some of the talented writers of Baroness Von Sketch Show. With 100% of its episodes written by women and starring Carolyn Taylor, Meredith McNeil, Aurora Brown, and Jennifer Whalen, who are also co-exec producers, this fast-paced and irreverent single-camera comedy series has spent the past three seasons on CBC, garnering fans and critical accolades. Jennifer Whalen is the showrunner of the upcoming fourth season of Baroness Von Sketch Show. Monica Heisey and Jen Goodhue have been part of the writer's room since the first season. The trio collectively has years of experience writing some of the best comedy Canada has ever produced. My conversation with Jennifer, Monica, and Jen is followed by an audience Q&A. I hope you enjoy it. Our snappy banter will sound even snappier if you play this on double speed. Trust me. Thank you for coming out on this freezing cold night. I'm so impressed with you. I'm such a wimp. I never would have come out. So, <laughs> I you. almost didn't come out. <laughs> I got here ridiculously early because it was so cold. I'm like, I, and I can't be cool. I'm just going inside. So we all know the show is uh, 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 hilarious and it's uh, somehow cool uh, and fun and funny and like like comedy snobs like it, but like like and my mom likes like everyone likes the show i guess my first question would be um uh how 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 did this all start and my follow-up would be can you uh, can you teach me because that would be nice or all of us so how did this all start whoever wants to Okay, well, uh, since I was there in the beginning, oh, I will tell yeah. you. I will feel this one. Uh, so this started, uh, I don't know how many years ago um, now, but it started with, um, so we have a lot of, within the four of us, we have a lot of threes. So uh, three of us uh, met at Second City. So Carolyn, Aurora, and I met at Second City. I was, we're all alumni. I had been in a cast before them, and they had come up um, behind me, um, and we'd become fast friends. And uh, then uh, later on, um, I had gone to do This Hour is 22 Minutes and Carolyn had come and, and joined me and then I left and then Carolyn met Meredith there. And so uh, Meredith had come from um, England and she was uh, back in Canada and she was really <laughs> a little bit confused uh, because, you know, there's such a big sketch comedy scene in England and she's like, where's the sketch comedy? And of course, uh, I'm sure if you've been in the television game, you'll know there was a long period of time where there was like a don't pitch sketch. Nobody wants to hear your pitch. So we were all scared to do it. Um, anyway, and she was like, well, there's also, where are the women? Like it's... Uh, um, in England, there was way more uh, female-led sketch comedy. And so um, she and Carolyn started talking, and Carolyn's like, oh, I know some people. And so asked uh, Aurora and I to, to, to join up, and um, uh, the four of us uh, together, they sort of said, hey, we want to do this, this all-woman sketch thing. It'll be kind of like Smack the Pony, this kind of great British show. And all of us sort of had the same ideas about wanting to do like a, a single-camera, natural-light um, uh, documentary kind of feel thing. So we uh, we got together and we wrote some sketches and um, our production company, Frantic, um, gave us some money to make a, a demo, which was fantastic. Uh, Carolyn and I had had some experiences in really protracted development with a network that she'll name remain nameless. Um, and so we wanted neither fast yes or a fast no. And part of the problem with comedy is it's so subjective. So something on a page you might find funny, you might find baffling and be like, I don't get what's funny about it. And sometimes it's not really funny on the page. What's actually funny is the pauses between characters or the awkwardness of the situation. So we thought that if we made a demo, we could 
quickly get cut through a lot of development because we could just show what we meant. Um, right. So we we did it. it was totally DIY. We had like um, uh, we made a, a dolly out of a wheelchair. We shot listed it all with our phones. <laughs> it was. Um, we were like put out on Facebook. Does anybody have strollers for a sketch <laughs> we want to do? And uh, yes, yeah, so we shot it. And then um, we started to edit it together. And then we shopped that around. And we always knew that uh, where we wanted to be was CBC. So we took a bunch of other meetings to do um, other pitches and sort of uh, get ourselves ready. And then uh, we pitched to the CBC. And, and uh, we happened to be the, with the right place at the right time with the right idea and um, just found amazing creative partners in the CBC. So we were, it really worked. I've I've been involved in a lot of development, <laughs> and um, it's so rare that all of the stars align. So it's pretty magical. And so how fast from having that demo to pitching to, like, we're shooting season one, like how... It was pretty fast. Like, we were pretty ballsy. We said to our production company, you have six months to shop this, and if you can't get us meetings, but nothing happens with it in six months, and it reverts back to us, and we're done. We'll, we'll go someplace else. Uh, we said it in a nicer way than that. That sounds kind of jerky. Wow. Um, <laughs> but that was the thing. So, and then we said to CBC, you know, we, we, we um, because it, it, we're not, we weren't a sketch troupe that started at the Rivoli. We were all people with careers, and we're like, okay, we've come together for this, um, but, you know, if you want this, we need to make a decision sooner rather than later before people, because people are going to pursue other work. So this is a moment of time where we're all free. So, right. uh, but CBC was great. I think it was maybe the next day we had uh, a yes. I'm sorry. The next day. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really fast. It was really fast. Seems a bit needy. I don't know. I just, <laughs> just, um, normally, it's about four to six years, I believe. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. So that's amazing. It was. It was. We were just thrilled. And then um, I think they said yes, but then there was a, a bit of time, and they came back to us and said. Um, uh, you know, uh, we love the demo that you've did, done and we'd like to give you a little bit more money and um, maybe you could do six more sketches for us and then we'll put the things together and we'll look at that as a pilot. So they gave us some more money and I, we made six more sketches um, and shot that and then t together they looked at both of them as a pilot and then um, picked us up by... Oh my God, I don't even remember now. If I, I remember the time it felt like a really long time but it really wasn't. It was like a matter of four or five months, I think. I don't... You know, it wasn't, it was very fast. I've never experienced anything so Wow. Fast. So, okay. So we went from a demo to being picked up and then, so you had six. Mm -hmm. And is that when you started to staff up? Yes. So I I know a lot of, or how many in here are writers or, yeah? Well, you know? yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any ideas? Because I'm, I'm really looking <laughs> for some. I got nothing. That's, wow. Okay. So I think, I know uh, when I started, it was always interesting to know how did you go from, you know, nothing uh, to here and so how did my, how did you how did you guys get here um baroness was my first tv writing job ever i was 25 i think yes um i yeah i was 25 and i had a book coming out um and i in promoting the book in toronto so i i, I wrote a a column like a joke advice column for a local website called she does the city oh yeah 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 um, and I had a joke advice column for them that then, uh, got the world's smallest publishing deal turned to a book. And when the book was coming out, I was promoting it. And my partner at the time was doing an improv show that Carolyn and Aurora were a part of, um, and where Don Whitwell, who's a writer on the show as well, would interview a guest about something and then they would do improv. And so I went down 
and did an, a disaster, like a truly disastrous show. The fire alarm went off about halfway through and then didn't stop. But because improvisers are such lunatics, they were like, it's fun and we're going to use it. Um, and we're just going to play with the sound. And like the audience didn't want that. I didn't want that. And the show just like went on for what felt like forever. Um, but that was how I met Carolyn and Aurora. And then shortly after they said to me, do you have any sketch samples? And I was like, yeah, I do. Good lie. Always good and to lie. And then I uh, wrote some sketches kind of like in my apartment in a frenzy and sent them over and then interviewed with you and Carolyn maybe? Yeah, it was two of us, yeah. Um, and had a really nice chat and then got three weeks of work that changed my little life. Oh. All right, that origin story is really good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we should option that. Mm -hmm. Let's hear yours, Jen. <laughs> Mid-June, I was born. <laughs> a hot night. Uh, no, I won't go back that far. Uh, but I am going to go back a little bit because I met... Uh, one of my first gigs in Toronto was actually with Jen Whalen. Oh, yes. For <laughs> The Bay. We did a live gig where I was... I want to say, like, a crazy uh, bridesmaid? I think you were my crazy aunt. I think I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the age... Of, yeah, I was like a... Crazy aunt at tw 25 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was, yeah. Anyway, so uh, that was the first time I met you. And then I did Second City. And actually, the cast that I was with was Aurora and Carolyn. We did a bunch of shows together. Um, and then we've just remained friends for a very, very long time. Because once you've gotten fake married for the Bay, um, <laughs> it bonds you as, as if friends. If I'm a fake aunt once, I'm a fake aunt always. If it makes you. you feel any better, I got that job because the girl who they initially hired was really short and had lied about her sizes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was representing the dress. sporty to-go line, and he was the upscale... I forget it was called the Mason line or something like that. And we were getting married. Um, and uh, yeah, she lied about her sizes and she was really short. And he's like six, seven or something. Yeah, right. So they were like, what size are you? And I said, my, yeah. Yeah. They said oh, I said God. my size. And they're like, you're this was a live event in the Bay? In the yeah, Bay. And you know, it was and you know in who's the Bay. Actually. <laughs> like a play? Uh, yes, a play. Yeah. A play. And improvised. People. And uh, Samantha B played a reporter in it yeah. who was covering the whole thing. It was so a it goat was rodeo. Star-studded. You're, you're not responsible for their bankruptcy. So, it's a yeah. totally... But that not. being said, we got free luggage and it w I used it forever. It That's was you go really to luggage, good. Yeah. It was really... To go was a really good brand. Anyway, so... Then uh, I became friends with uh, Aurora and Carolyn, and we did the main stage together. And then Aurora and I went on to do another show together for five years. And then, <laughs> and then work dried up <laughs> for a very long time. Um, and I went to, at one point, I went to 22 Minutes, and that's where I met Meredith. Um, she was there the same year that I was there. And so I, now I know everybody. And, um, and then. Then you asked me to come in to, to do the show. I think you asked for, for samples, and I, I think I wrote a bunch of sketches. And then I, I was so uh, excited to do something, because I guess maybe I had a lot to say, and I was angry about a lot of stuff. And it was mostly <laughs> me bitching about stuff. I'd be going, here's the thing about this. And so I remember having lots of sketch ideas and like having a, like a pad of paper and being like, oh, well, what about this? What about this? And because I, I was super nervous, uh, and I really wanted the job, 
well, I remember you, you were fantastic because you had pitched a sketch and then you were like, oh, I thought that this was what the show is, but now I'm talking to you guys. I realize the tone is different. I think it's this. And you pitched a sketch in the room that I was like, I love it. And we actually <laughs> did it yeah. in the first season. It was like you pitched a sketch about a doctor who is so busy te- uh, checking their texts. They don't they can't give the results and I, I, was, I thought it was really genius but I, I was also amazed with your ability to pivot right away and then immediately get the tone I was like damn I just good. really needed a job so badly <laughs> I was like oh my god I really want to do this show because it was really exciting and I remember you describing it to me and being like oh my god this really does sound really good and I really want to do the show uh, and then you hired me yeah, I'm thrilled I had no idea what, what I was walking into at all. I was like, yeah. happy to be here. What's happening? <laughs> no, I remember your package was so good and, uh, and so smart and funny. But I think all I did the first season was be like, how old do I look to you? Do I seem really old? <laughs> there was a I brief, feel like we all asked you there that. There was a brief period where we were talking about having like a structural thing where, with some like behind the scenes um, footage. And, uh, and we were talking about a sketch of everyone just being like, how old is old to you? <laughs> what do you think old is? Yeah. But I learned so much about having a body that first season. Mm-hmm. A lot of body talk. Yeah. 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 And Jenna, okay, so so I know, and so how, I mean, I know your background, but for the people out there who, who might not, how did you, how, how did you get to? Um, I fell into it. Um, I, um, I, uh, wanted to be a serious actor and I went to high school of the arts and then I went to York university and I really hated it and I dropped out and, uh, I needed to do something with myself. So I started taking some second city courses and I was like, Oh my God, this is it. I, I, I felt, I felt like I found my cheers. Like I found my people. This is where everybody knows my name. Um, I, I, I found like a community in a sense of, I always felt like an oddball and I was like, Oh no, I think these are where, where I'm supposed to be. So I did Second City, and then um, through that, there's sort of two streams. People sort of go performance, or they go writer, or they do writer-performer. And at the time, uh, I really wanted to be a writer. Um, and so I, I doubled down on that. And then um, what happened was uh, I had been in a cast, um, as I was leaving, Gavin Crawford was starting, and um, we had become, we became friendly, and we were having a conversation backstage uh, about television. And <laughs> this is before Will and Grace. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, I've never seen a show about a friendship between a gay man and a straight woman. And I think that would be something that would be fun to do. And he was like, I want to do that. But it's like the gay man is the lead and the straight woman is the sidekick. I'm like, oh, very well. Anyway, so we had this fun conversation. <laughs> Cut to about a year later, um, he, uh, he got some time from Second City. They had this time on um, uh, the Comedy Network and he was going to do a special. And so he called me at like... Six o'clock, I think, on a like a Friday or something. I want to say, and he said, "Can you write some sketches for me? I need them by midnight. We'd like six of them." And I was like, "Oh my god, um, okay." So I wrote six sketches. They all made the show, and uh, yeah, it was astonishing, really, because they were very long. And um, and then the show got picked up and became a show. And he asked me to write on it, so that's how I became a television writer. And wow. I'll be honest with you, I had no idea that. That I just thought TV spontaneously generated before that. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> Doesn't it spontaneous? Wow. So I mean, I think that's what's what's interesting about all these. It, there is a certain level of we all know this, but like when someone says, "Do you have X?" Just say yes, and then run home and write it because yeah. it'll never be. You'll you don't get asked that very often, and you're like, well, it might not be good. Just yeah. I mean, so that, those are that's that's really interesting. Um, so. 
how, I mean, I, I, I can see you guys, you know, obviously get along very well. You're friendly. You knew each other a bit. How, once you get a show, I know a lot of people in here would be curious to know, um, how do you assemble a writer's room? I, I, you know, having done it before, it's very hard. It's uh, everyone, uh, oh, hi, are you 10? Okay. And, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that was jazz hands, to be honest. You, uh, you know, uh, you, you, people hear about the pickup and then you get a thousand messages with people congratulating you. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. And then it's like, oh, actually, shit, they probably are interested. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about that process, assembling your room? Um, we wanted to think outside the box, um, and we wanted to uh, give people a chance, especially um, for female writers. I've been in a lot of writers' rooms where I was the only woman, so I knew that the stream was pretty narrow. Um, you know, if there's going to be six writers and only one of them is a woman, then that really lessens your chances of having a career, lessens your chances of getting experience. So we wanted to make sure that we could give experience to as many women as possible. Um, I love writers and I love putting together a room. I think of it a little bit like a baseball team. You need your heavy hitters here who are going to give you, every week they're going to give you, you know, three, four sketches that are great and you can use. Um, ten that are not. Ten that are not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you, you, have a, you, you both have a really high rate of things that are, are like usable out of the gate that it's like, great. We've got, so we have some material to make you feel comfortable. And then it's great. We have, we hire story editors too to come in and do punch up. We hire, I like to, you know, some people are, just really great at structure. Some people are really great at jokes. Some people um, are not the strongest sketch writers, but they have really good ideas, or they're interesting, you know, or or they're sort of they help make the, the room feel like a party. So it's a bit like organizing a dinner party where you try and have people that know each other if they're new so they can be a little comfortable. You try and spell off people's strengths, people who maybe have worked together before and you know they have some chemistry. And then you try and shake it up a little bit too. And then we also, we tried to have, um, we had novelists and playwrights and you know, um, we had you know, PhD in feminist theory and just a, a bunch of different people from that were sort of non-traditional as well as the classic. Uh, writers to just try and make it as interesting and have as many points of view as we could. Wow. So how did you, and so what was it like to be in that room? Was it intimidating? Was it? No, no, I didn't find it intimidating at all. Well, I, well, I loved it because I'm like, oh my God, you're so smart. Make me <laughs> smart. <laughs> like it was nice because it's like, you just, know that there's you have blind spots and things that you're not good at and then when you in that room it's so collaborative like right. everybody is helping everybody and there's no feeling like if i put my sketch forward i gotta make sure your sketch is not put forward right. like there's far more of a feeling of like i'm gonna make your sketch good and you're gonna make my sketch good and Nobody in the show after the sketch is done says, and that was written by, like, it, it feels so collaborative, right? I think also because we'd worked at 22 Minutes, which is a different thing. It's a weekly right. show and yeah. it, it's a great, like, you churn things out yeah. and there's no time for rewrites. Right. So we do rewrite and we'll be right. like, hey, you know what? The first half of this is amazing. Uh, we just need a better blow or this is a really interesting idea, but maybe we need to look at it from a different angle. So we try not to throw anything out. This show completely ruined 
me <laughs> in a really good way for other shows. Like it should have been really intimidating, but like the first year in particular, we had this like adorable little room at the top of the Great Hall oh, in the wow. West End of Toronto. And there was like, I got there and it was like, there were like tablecloths on the table and flowers in the middle and a Joni Mitchell poster and like healthy snacks and tampons for free in the bathroom. And it was just a bunch of women supporting each other. And I was like, TV is the best. <laughs> um, and then now I've been working for oh, three and a half years. Uh, and so I've had chances to experience other rooms where I am the only woman in the room or I'm one of a few women in the room or there are no tampons in the bathroom. <laughs> and, you know, um, being able to start in such a supportive and and collaborative and like gentle and, and um, bolstering environment, I think has made me like, I'm not going to just sit there if, if all the dudes in the room are being dicks. And just because I'm the, I'm not used to being the only woman in the room. So it, I'm already starting from a place of like, this is weird, guys. Why did you make this choice? Um, and so I'm not going to like fight them all the time or anything. But I'm not afraid to be like, okay, well, you've put an extra pressure on me as the only woman here to represent an entire gender. But now I'm going to do that. And you have to listen to me like there's more than one of me. Um, you're speaking for us all and yeah, a lot of us. yeah, yeah i'm really that's, happy to take that yeah, on yeah. for sure <laughs> love it what's well, interesting so it brings me to the question of like so i mean how do you go about again if 22 minutes is different you're feeding a beast you weekly show your topical stories this is a sketch show what is your room process like sort of nuts and bolts is it you come in on a monday and it's like what do we got? Or is there sort of like, is it structured in a way? And We have a whole system. It's so nice. Oh. It's great. It's a great system. You actually. cannot steal yeah. this. Just yeah, yeah. stays in this room. No yeah. one can. Well, it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, you just, well, yeah. No, you start it. Well, okay. I, yeah. I always forget every year. Every year. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Good. So, how does it go again? Yeah, it goes, I know Monday's idea meeting, but after <laughs> that, it gets a little hazy. It goes like this. So, Monday morning, you got the weekend to relax and, uh, like, not think about the show as much as you can, but then. And ask all your friends and family, like, do you think this is a sketch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, like, what's a weird thing you do? I'm going to write that down. <laughs> um, and then you come in on Monday and you have a bunch of. Uh, ideas and everyone sits around and talks and you know some of the ideas are just like here's a weird thing I do and it's not is does that do you do this weird thing too and and it's not so much that the, it, on other shows sometimes you have to come with a fully formed premise with all the jokes and everything like that and that's not necessarily what we have to do it's more of a discussion and so that happens for half of the day, a little bit more than half of the day, then we take lunch, <laughs> then uh, we get uh, the rest of the day and the next day, and actually the fall, so the, now we're on Wednesday, Wednesday at around 11 o'clock, we get all our sketches in, you try and write as many as you can, but you try and write as many as you can. I Everyone do. else is trying to write five or six. <laughs> Good use, like, I've got a bazillion. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, well, okay. And uh, <laughs> and then you get them into uh, the, uh, the script coordinator, and then she prints them off, and we do a read. And we read all the sketches, and then we kind of go through them give notes we, we kind of say this is really interesting here's another way and it's good for writers to hear you, you hear your work out loud um and then any sort of changes that you hear you put in those notes and then the next day we do another read so we try and get another read in there um and we it goes through another process if you can think of another sketch in between that time you put that in there wow. and then uh, on friday 
uh, over the past little while, it's been Blackout Day, which is my favorite day. Yeah, so the, the writers that will write Blackouts where uh, Carolyn, Aurora, Meredith, and I will go into a room and we'll take all the scripts from the week and then we'll evaluate them and we'll just go, okay, we have the different piles. We have the good-to-go pile, which is, this is great right now. We have no more notes at this point. We may at some point, but we're happy with this. Um, and then there'll be ones that... Um, you know, uh, good to go revise. So that's like, um, can you beat this blow or this part needs a trim or there's some little housekeeping that has to be done. And then sometimes there's larger notes of like, you know, we like this. I think you've got two sketches going on at the same time, maybe separate them out and write them separately. Or, you know, it'll be like, hey, can we try a different tact with this or something? So we'll give the writers those notes and then they, for the rest of the day, can put in the rewrites or get them in for the next week. And then we start again. And then we have table reads with the network, which is so fun. I was going to say, so that, okay, that's, that's interesting. And then are you writing sketches? Dumb question. Like, are you writing with performers in mind? Or you're like, you know, this is, this is a Jennifer sketch. This is an Aurora sketch. This is a Carolyn sketch. Jennifer, you're only writing for yourself, obviously. I mean, that's, that's just, <laughs> just good business. for me. Uh, no, actually, no. I, I write I, I write for other people a, a lot of the time. I actually had to learn to write for myself because I came as a writer and I was so used to writing for other people that after the first season, I was like, oh my God, you're an idiot. You got to write some stuff for yourself. <laughs> oh, don't be so dumb. Um, so now I do write things for myself. Um, but I still, I still be like, oh my God, it'll be so fun to see Carolyn do this. Or, you know, Aurora is amazing at that. Or, you know, oh, everyone wants to see Meredith do this. So we will write stuff for other, for each other as well as uh it's really generous I, yeah it sounds it do you think of people sometimes um but it's tricky because when when you first asked that moments ago um <laughs> i was like sure sometimes i'll think like oh, i have this physical thing that'll be great for meredith but then sometimes also the audience wants to see people play against type so you might cast someone who does physical stuff less often um and see how that works out so very often we'll get to a casting thing like you you sort of say like oh here's my sketch whatever um you play and then we have run out of women's names in mm -hmm. yeah. the <laughs> casting department so the names are getting nuts they're crazy but names you're like now. all right you're playing nerla whatever <laughs> yeah. um they're just yeah and like sometimes it's just a matter of being like who's sitting near you mm -hmm. you're this you're this you're this you're this yeah and once in a while you have someone in mind or sometimes you've worked like if we work on something together probably jen will take the major role from that sketch but yeah it's really generous i used to do it more in season one and two mm -hmm. like i used to have because we were still shaping the show mm -hmm. and i felt like oh i can hear you know jen doing this i can hear carolyn doing it but now i find that it's because the show has gone on longer and sometimes those roles do get rotated. Now it's like any of you could do it. So there's a sense of like, well, now I don't think of it at all. Yeah. And are you thematically, I mean, again, I've seen all the episodes and I'm slow, so I don't might not notice the themes in each episode. But are you like, okay, we have X number of sketches for this show, next one. Or you're like, actually, this sketch would be better in episode six. Or are you doing it episodically? Like, no, we do it for this week and then we move on. Nope. <laughs> we amass a, uh, I believe the technical term is shit ton of material. Um, yes, so we have, I think we do three network reads. And by the end of it, we have, I'd say, probably about 200 sketches, 180 maybe that the network's approved. Wow. That we've, like, so what we do is we have our pile of sketches and we're like, okay, these are the ones we're going to put forward to the network. Gotcha. We have a network read um, and perform them basically because it's so important yeah. to see what it is. It's also really helpful if you're writing 
comedy to hear it out loud. It made me a way better writer. That's one thing I really got from the from 22 minutes. A weekly table read it was like, oh wow, that's enlightening. Uh, especially too because things on the page, it's way different than actually hearing a, a, an actor say it, and you're like, oh, that was a clever joke, but it's impossible to say. It's great to read. Um, so those kind of things are really helpful. Um, so yeah, so then we do it, and then we we film all the sketches, and so um, we know kind of basically how many sketches we need to film so that we have a margin of error right. so that when we film them, sometimes things don't work out for various reasons. A location falls through, the prop didn't work. You know, somebody else did the sketch and beat right. us to the punch or, you know, or just we just didn't nail it. Sometimes we just don't stick it, you know. Um, so that way we can just when we edit them, use the ones that worked. And then what happens is we 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 do put them into loose edit episodes when we give them to the network. But then once the network's seen all the material, then we have a day where the network comes in and, and together with the network, we decide what's going to be in each episode. Um, so it's... It, that sounds fun, actually. It is, actually. Yeah, it's it's like, really fun, and it, it takes the pressure off yeah. a lot. So we you know, know that there are themes going through the season, but right. we're not that... Uh, it's not that thought out. It's more feel on the day and kind of a mixtape of like, okay, and it's more like, oh, we saw uh, Aurora and Meredith in this. We right. probably want to see Carolyn now. Um, you know, uh, we can't have two office sketches back to back. These things are kind of similar in scenes, so let's move that one over there. It's it's that. It's like putting together a show. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Well, now that we've talked about it for a bit, should we, should we watch an episode? We've all seen this. Try not to shout the lines out loud because we've all seen this. I don't know which episode we're seeing, but you, if you want an intro, I don't know. I think we're seeing episode 306. Oh. Yes. 306. Uh, so we're a little mid-season. Um, just one of my faves from this year. It's really weird seeing it without the bumpers. I have to say, because um, we, we when we ever when when we uh, send the episodes to the network, we always put the bumpers where the commercial breaks. So I've never seen it all the way through before in that way. Thank you. That was great, though. A lot of laughs. It's. I mean, what's interesting um, to me is uh, how well edited the show is. Like. I know as a writer for many years, and I became a producer after. I had no idea what you can do. So, first of all, who is your editor? I know you are in there guiding. Uh, yeah, the four of us uh, edit the show. Yeah. Uh, what well, we help. Uh, I don't actually know how the machine works, so no. I don't edit the show. Um, but we have um, that that season was uh, Mike Fly, who's been with us since the beginning, yeah. and Jeremy Lalonde. And I'm uh, sorry, we're in the midst of season four, so I'm like, oh. Mariana Corey? She was uh, this season, but I don't think, did she do a little bit of last season? I can't remember. It was in the credits. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think it was. It was Stephen Withrow and yeah. uh, Sean Song, and I think I'm forgetting somebody, but I'm really sorry. It's It all blends together. But our editors are fantastic. Um, and this year we do have Mariana Corey, who is amazing. Um, we have a really strong team. And do you find, like, is there, uh, have you found, you? I mean, obviously you've hit your stride three seasons. Like, is there a, f a certain form? Is there a length? You're like, nah, we need three, six minute, two, one minute. Like, it's very interesting how it, when I when you watch your show, it almost feels like um, like a really good song where you're like, oh yeah, that, that's the chorus and this is there and this is there. It's <laughs> like, it, you can listen to the show, which I think is sort of interesting. You could listen to it and watch it. I mean, obviously the writing's great, but if there's a certain there's a certain rhythm to how it's kind of pieced together, which I think is really cool. 
Oh, well, thank you. Um, we sort of, we try to think of it as a mixtape that, you know, okay, we've had a ballad, now we need a power pop. Right. And um, and we do have, uh, we've taken from, because three of the four of us have Second City training, and at Second City there's something called a blackout. And uh, blackouts are really short sketches uh, in between the longer scenes that generally you try to end with it. They sort of should have a big laugh, and they're called blackouts because usually the lights snap down and you go to black. So we have those shorter ones. Those are the, uh, the one-minute ones and under um yeah i'd say that nothing is much like sometimes we're a little bit over three minutes um once this year i edited a sketch that was four minutes and 11 seconds wow. long Crazy. i fully knew i would Who have to cut it that? down Who uh, uh, Ebony Rosen and I wrote it, and uh, and it will be cut down. It will be cut down, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't quite kill my babies yet. Um, but yeah, we we generally um, edit them, get it tighter and tighter, and then we have like victories. We're like, I got three seconds <laughs> out of it. Um, so we try and um, get rid of as much filler as possible, and just also okay. to you know, like nobody has attention span anymore. You know, no. you could you, like especially with comedy, and especially because so much of our stuff is watched online. Yes. If you don't, if it's not interesting, it's just like there's. A, a million things. So we try and really get in and get out. And, and, and to also just privilege, if we've got a really good joke, make the really good joke and walk right. away. You don't need, you know, we don't need a lot of stuff in front of it or behind it if it's really just one killer joke. That's interesting. And so, I mean, are there sketches? I mean, uh, obviously, it's a very popular. Are there ones that people come up to you guys and are like, like, which are the, like, uh, obviously the cottage uh, you must be tired of people shouting cottage at you. Uh, it could be Country House, maybe a sequel. I don't know. But uh, is is there is there a sketch that people come up to you or like? Did you write or what? You know what? What do you? What is the most popular uh, sketch? People come up to me and they're like, "Oh my god, did you write that one?" And I'm like, "No." no. <laughs> they never say the one that I wrote. I'll be like, "This is the one I wrote," and they're like, "Oh, I don't know that one." Um, <laughs> but I think the one that gets uh, talked about the most, I think, is is the Jim. Um, uh, I think, mm -hmm. to to me, like that was the one that kind of busted out the the first one, and that was that was Monica, right? Yeah, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, people have their their favorites. It depends from from season to season what, right? You know, and actually, um, it will happen that we will get recognized. We'll be like, "Oh my god, I love your show!" <laughs> and um, uh, I was with somebody who was being kind of a dink, and was like, "Oh, what's your favorite sketch?" And this poor woman was like, "I don't know. There's so many. I like them all." And I was, like, "It's okay, okay. You don't have to. Don't worry about it." But I mean, there are so many that um, we definitely have ones like I could tell you the ones that have gone viral. But right. um, I think everybody's got their own favorite, and some people just like really like ones that are not you know, the most popular. The right. one with Aurora, it's called ID Blackout, where she chugs the wine. People love that one. Oh. They like they, they love Psych Up Salad, where Meredith is trying to eat a salad that's too healthy right. for her. Um, yeah, the Locker Room Birthday is a big one yeah. um, for people. Um, people love Red Wine Ladies. They love the Red, love wine. red wine Ladies. Yeah. Yeah. I like getting stuck in a loop. Someone finds out that I work on the show, and they'll be like, oh, my God, did you do this one? And I'll be like, no, that was this person. They're so great. Did you do this one, though? Yeah. No, uh, no, and you're like, please don't just guess until you hit one that I, I did. I know that's that's my life. That's mm -hmm. literally every conversation I have about it, and then I just just walk away. But it's just nice that people have, have heard of it. I feel like I've right, on so many yeah. shows. People are like, "What do you do?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm working on this show," and they're like, mm, "Yeah, okay, yeah, sure." Like, has it changed? Like, when did you guys know that you had a hit? Like, when did it feel like? shit, this is something and this is happening and let's not fuck this up. Uh, well, I, I think I would say that when we started filming the demo, 
I knew we had something special. Like I knew we just had chemistry. I just knew it was different. Um, I could just feel it. I could feel it. But I think the real watershed moment was when Locker Room Birthday came out and we released it online digitally. And we were very nervous about it because, you know, we're women in our 40s and nobody's a supermodel. And so we thought we were going to get trolled hard. And so we were like preparing for really hateful comments on the internet. But that wasn't what happened. And we released it on a Friday and it was uh, summertime. And I happened to be going up to the cottage. Um, <laughs> and uh, as, as we were driving on the drive, I would like check in. I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it's like 200,000. And then, you know, drive like, just just check, see where it is. I was like, oh my God, it's doubled to 400,000. I can't believe this. And so I remember by the time we got to the cottage, uh, it was at 700,000. And it's like, that was like a three hour drive. And then it became a thing. Uh, my my husband and my brothers, you know, you'd be down, you'd be down with the dog. And they'd, they'd be like, someone would be like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back to the cottage for a minute. And they would go <laughs> and check, and they're like, it's eight fifty nine fifty, it's a million. And so that was that was like, just we couldn't believe it. It was so exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, I had that also because like again, I did three weeks on the show, and I'd never worked in TV before, <laughs> and I'd never seen anything that I made get filmed. Even like I'd never filmed sketches with my friends or anything. So like. First that they released it, and then that it looked like I was like, oh my god, it looks so good, like it's so <laughs> good, yeah. Um, and then to watch the numbers go up, I was like, oh, I work in TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, did you get a chance to like during production? Are you guys on set? How does that work? Do some writers on set, some not, or you guys have four showrunners? So there's a lot of people. So how do how do you guys divide the du- duties in terms of production? Are you taking your writer staff? Is everyone on set while you're shooting? Uh, well, uh, many of our writers uh, appear in the show, and um, Jen has been in the show many yes. times. And Monica, you had a little okay. guest star role. Huge, huge waitress bit. Yeah. 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 Season three, look three, out. Season three. So uh, a lot of our writers are, are, are on the show. Uh, no, we don't have any writers on set because, you know, the four of us do write right. it. And we improvise a lot. So any rewriting, we kind of do on the fly. But we do, we do do a lot of rewrites before we go to film. And because we've had table reads, we've read them, we hear them, uh, and then we rehearse them. So we're really familiar with them by the time that happens. And it, it still does happen that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know what the end of the scene is. Right. Um, so that's how we do that. And then what we have, uh, we've moved into a model now where what we do is uh, each of us gets a quarter of the sketches. So generally things that you've wrote, written, or things that you star in. And you follow those through all the way through. So you make all the creative decisions. You talk to uh, props and wardrobe, you cast it, um, you see it through the editing suite, and then we put it all together in one show uh, because it is a phenomenal amount of work. It's a lot of material. So that way, everybody um, gets to develop their creative skills. Right. Uh, uh, you know, they get to see everything through, get into the editing suite, which is very rare for, for writers. And this year, we uh, uh, took, a, took a turn at directing as well. So now we're like full service, uh, but it's great because it um, it really gives you a lot of experience, and it also makes you such a better writer yes. to follow it all the way through and and see, especially in editing, because you realize, oh, you know, even though you think you know, show don't tell. You often get into editing, and go, oh, I don't, we don't need that because you can just that look says the thing that we needed to say. So right. that part's really great. That you know, it's it I, it's very very true. Something I no one ever told tells you as a writer. It's like you know, I mean, I'm. I want to write my stuff and then hide, mm-hmm. and then the actors will make. The, but you you have to if you seeing it through is like oh, the wardrobe person has to choose that I wrote this thing and now they have to do this 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 and you're like oh shit, and then you feel guilty and you're like oh it didn't have to be this kind of hat. But your show this show is I mean it's some of the best wardrobe it's some of the best yeah. props. It's like first who who are these people and you like well you want don't want to say because then they won't be available oh, but oh. they're unbelievable they're mad geniuses uh my favorite 
text I got all year long was uh, from props. Uh, we were doing a sketch where um, I have to do some bong hits. And I got a text <laughs> saying, so pot's legal now. We could use oregano, but it doesn't film very well. Can I buy some pot so that the pot in the thing is actually practical? And I was like, Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. And then we filmed the sketch, and all through the, the sketch, all the grips kept coming by and being like, <clears throat> so after, uh, after we're done, uh, so what's up, you know, it's a plant that popped up on like, what, what happens with that? <laughs> and so you talked a little bit about social media impacting your show going viral. How does it affect the way you guys write? Do you, are you catering to it? Are you worried about it? Are you now when something doesn't go viral, are you concerned? Or is it just like, you guys have a pretty loyal... And certainly for many people, like, you see it online, and then you're like, oh, I like this. And then you're like, and then you watch your show, it's like, it's like what I liked online, but more of it. That's very unusual. <laughs> for So is it, are you, like, is this, do you have a separate department? Like, how does that work for, do you have junior writers who are churning out material? Like, is that something? No. No, I, I mean, I, I, I think you guys should answer this one, too. I never think about it. I just really? write what I think is funny, and then we'll see. Um... Sometimes I mean generally we 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 know we now have we know our audience and we kind of know women right. and drinking is going to be popular. Yeah. Uh, I I can't write any more sketches about how it's not that fun to eat vegetables, <laughs> even though people really like them because um, yeah. it's not that fun to eat vegetables. I don't think we we didn't start out thinking about the online. I think. Really, the reason that they do so well online probably is is just that it's so easy to share little parts of the show, right? There's so right. many shows people love that they don't have an easy clip. They can be like, here, this is why I love this show. Right. Um, but those are just, they also, like you said, are the component pieces of the show itself. So it's not like we're making them for online. They just happen to fit really well. Right. Yeah. I think generally the ones that distill something that's a, a really true thing that no one has articulated, are, those are the ones. Right. That's If it's something that we've all kind of noticed, then yeah. Is that, is that so, sorry, go ahead. Well, that's the big thing um, with our writing room that, that Jen and, and the other um, Baronesses like to say to the writers is, um, you know, the the way that we come up with a Baroness pitch isn't like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, it's not a crazy hypothetical um, going into some wacky world. It's, isn't it funny when? So you take something that you've noticed about the real world um, and then you either like exaggerated or twisted a bit, but you're pointing at something that's already true. And people love to share stuff that they relate to online, right? People share like BuzzFeed quizzes right. and like things that remind them of their the '90s, their childhoods, whatever. '90s not everyone's childhood anymore, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, I think it's people saying saying like us pointing to this and being like, "This is true for me," and everyone else pointing back like, "Holy shit, me too." And that's most of our discussions too. That they're they're a lot like this is weird for me. Is this weird for you? Um, and we we get kind of like if, if it's happened to at least four women in the room, there is a consensus. And it is the hardest thing about writing uh, because you're in this world and sometimes you can't see the thing because you're so used to this this thing. That we're all living our lives and we're just going along. And so pointing out the thing that you do every day that's 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 different sometimes can be tricky. But it is the thing that I think most people say when they come up and I hear them talking about the show, the first thing they say, that's me or that's so true. And, um, and that's, I think, what's so rewarding about the show, you know? Do you have other rules in your room? Like, we don't do this. We don't, like, I've worked with showrunners. It's like, you can't do this joke or they can't button a scene with this and you're kind of like uh, okay but you you have some other rules that don't like you have dumb rules it's like well, this seems arbitrary but but okay but like do you have do 
you have stringent rules or are there certain things certain things just like nah? Um, not really. Um, sometimes things that are like like a real uh, parody, like a real note for note parody, we don't do. It's sort of it's like we don't necessarily parody parody a. a th- thing specifically but a parody of the genres is more but I don't think there's anything like if it's funny and we feel like it fits in we'll do it um what, there's oh, also a, t- a technical part which is no more than three pages oh yeah 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 it can't be longer than three pages or forget it yeah um yeah we, we keep it short on the page but there's a lot of people who but there's a lot of sketches that are like you know sketches that have things that are three or five pages but you just realize just because there's so much improv that's happening on set right. and um, there's, and also three pages is enough to get whatever you need to say, right? Um, three pages actually is probably longer than three minutes. So, you know, yeah, that's the only other rule I could think of. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Three pages. It sounds like the greatest show I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will there be a male version perhaps of the show? This sounds like a really oh, excellent, yeah. I don't know. Is don't there a chance? It. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> For Jewish comedy writers to get a break. I know. It's been very tough. This sounds like a dream. Yeah, when will you get to I, tell your story? Yeah, uh, I don't know when that'll... <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, what, okay, so uh, just what has surprised you most about making this uh, and writing for this show? What is... Uh, well, I, this is going to sound dumb, but... Say it. <laughs> Say it. But, like, I... I at some point, you can cr- you, you can cr- you can like your job or not like your job. But I think the the best part about this show for me is every day I get to work with my friends, and you don't get a chance to say that a lot. You can like the people that you work with or or whatever, but these are my friends, and they actually have this very similar experience to me, and it feels really incredible to walk into work and not have to explain your experience to somebody that they're just gonna get it. And it is truly the best part of this job. Really is. It's, I'm. I really feel lucky to have it. I'm sorry. What's your name again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is May Martin. <laughs> oh, May. Right, right. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, um, I feel like, uh, like I said earlier, a little bit like about the show kind of ruining me. <laughs> I was kidding. I meant the opposite. Um, <laughs> what I what I learned really early with the show, and then. I mean, maybe didn't even realize that I was learning it until I had these other experiences is that I think like there's no need for your workplace to be an inhumane or ungenerous or unkind place Mm -hmm. to be. And that I think having a humane and generous and careful and caring workplace makes for good comedy. You don't have to be competing with your coworkers um, and you don't have to be nervous to book a doctor's appointment if you need to go to the doctor you can go to the dentist, come to work 30 minutes late, and then have your coworkers support you with the edits that you need to make. And I think the show is never going to suffer for it. So this idea that comedy has to be this very unpleasant or like really tough, like you really have to put in the time and like get beat down a lot. Like I didn't have to start that way. And I'm really lucky that these women made a workplace where I and a bunch of other young women um, were able to start and be like, this is actually the standard that we're hoping to work at. Um, and that's been a, a massive gift. That's amazing. That sounds. I'm glad cool. we really yeah. tried hard. We really tried hard. We wanted to. We wanted to like take because 
we're doing this later. We wanted to take the lessons that we had learned and the experiences that we'd had and try and 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 make the best room that we could. Um, I've been in some fabulous rooms, and here, you know, everybody has been in a room where they're like, "Ooh, <laughs> uh, this is not a happy family." Um, so yeah, we really try and um, in the room and when we're on set as well, and just as much as we can for the whole experience, make it a good experience because it's, television's hard enough as it is. It doesn't have to be. Miserable. Yeah. And you make a concerted effort. Like that's we do. the thing. It's like you, yeah. you you have to decide that this is the kind of room that I want to a work in and b inspire other people to do. And that is something that I've carried on to other rooms that I've worked in. I've insisted like th th this feeling of collaboration and uh, being heard and and having your voice come out and. Um, and it doesn't have to be unpleasant, right? Yeah. As, as Monica says, it doesn't have to be that way. Only women showrunners let you go to the doctor. <laughs> I oh, don't understand. True? Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe. It's true. Yeah. It'd be, she's so scared to ask for like, a th yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's, that is, yeah. it's not right. No. no. Yeah. We got free healthcare. We got to use it. I don't yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so talk about some of the, uh, obviously, talented staff here. Let's talk about some of the other writers you have in your people that we should be looking out for. I know there's probably might be some executives out here. Brag about your team. Who are some other people who we are going to be okay, trying to get jobs from in the next? Nervous because well, I don't, don't want my team don't. to get poached. It's taken a long time. To, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, to get them together, we have lots of fabulous people. Um, we have uh, Zoe Whittle, who okay. is uh, a novelist. She wrote a amazing book called The Best Kind of People. You should really check it out okay. if you haven't. Uh, it's great. Um, I would say uh, we have Becky Johnson this year who right. is a fabulous Second City alumni. She's great. Uh, Evany Rosen, um, she's also uh, a fabulous comedy writer. She just delights my soul. Um, she's so funny and she just is kind of a joy to be around. Um, who else do we have? Lots of people. We have Don Whitwell, who's amazing stand-up. We have Mae Martin. Uh, she lives in England right now, and she comes in and joins us. She has a Netflix special right now, and I think she's got a TV show coming she out. She does coming out on Channel yes. Four really soon. Yeah, so she's big. She's a big deal in in the UK. Wow. Yeah. Um, jump in if I'm. I know there's lots of people that I'm. We've got Nilu Handa, who yes. you've probably seen on a million shows, um, but she also writes. Mm -hmm. Um, did Ify come back? Ify Chiwetelu? No, we, we, we were chasing Ify like she's the Beatles, but she has a radio show in Winnipeg and she won't, she's like, no, I'm in Winnipeg. So. Gotta stay in Winnipeg, as uh, they say. Also a couple improvisers mm -hmm. that don't, uh, Jan Caruana, yep. so great. Um, there is Joanna Sullivan. Mm -hmm. I thought she yeah, was really great to work yeah. with. And uh, Lisa Brooke. She's a wonderful, wonderful writer, and and uh, I, I love those those three ladies as well. It's yeah. so nice to see like the different ways that writers come into the room and the different avenues of professional friendships and working friendships. Like your sister-in-law Paloma Nunez, mm -hmm. who happens to be a, a very talented comedian and writer in her own way, mm -hmm. came in um, for a bit, and she was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's really cool to feel like. It's a real community affair. Yeah, and we try to do a lot with like having a bunch of different story editors in. So we'll give people a chance for a week and just like come That's in, great. we'll see what you do, um, and then and some of those people, it's like oh my god, okay, and then we, we keep going with them. But we try and have as many different voices as we can. But also too, I mean, you know, if you've been in a room for a while, you get you're like okay, what's the outside world? What's <laughs> happening? So it's really nice to have fresh people come in who are excited and who have seen sunshine and yeah. birds and things. Help me, I have no ideas. <laughs> Let's write together. <laughs> 
Alison Hogg. Oh my God, Alison Hogg. Heidi Brander. Heidi Brander. Yeah. A bunch of talented men as well. Oh yeah. A couple men. Adam Christie. Chris Locke. Chris Locke. Siddiqui. Chris Siddiqui. And so, I mean, I'm sure there are some people out here, like, if you wanted to, I know this isn't, I don't want to open up a thing, I can't work, but if you wanted to pitch for your show, do you read stuff? I know how that's very, very hard, it's very challenging, you're very busy, and then you get a lot of scripts, and then you don't want to hurt people, but is it, do you, are you reading stuff, are you getting submissions, is this, is it possible for writers to submit packages, is that something you're... Uh, we um, I know we Canadians do get a lot are so of, polite about yeah, that. They we, don't like to bother. It's like we do get submissions. Um, I would say uh, we right now. I we're not particularly looking right. for for writers, but um, you know, but we always we keep the submissions open. I believe you can submit at any time, and we we will amass them and 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 keep them going. Uh, but I would say uh, in general, if you're interested in in writing for the show, that watching the show is great. Keep these things short, under three 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 pages or less, um, and and especially um, keep in mind, I'd say uh, that we are women in our forties. So <laughs> if your package of sketches is about um, the trials of dating in your twenties. As funny as that could be, it's not really going to work for us. We need we need material like remember that we are going to perform the material, so we need material that we can. We're not going to be able to play teenagers. We don't want to play teenagers, and we try and in our casting cast the real people that we that we you know as much as we can. You know, we don't play old ladies. We cast old ladies with some exceptions and stuff like that. So I just say keep in mind, you know, when you look at it, look at that those things. And has your U.S. presence, how has that been, IFC, it airs on IFC, mm -hmm. how has that changed uh, the show? Are, are, they, are they polite note givers? Are they... <laughs> they don't give us notes. What? No. Just an acquisition. Yeah, just an acquisition. They oh, don't give us great. notes. Um, no, uh, no. Our famous thing that we had was when we filmed "We're at the Cottage." Uh, one of our producers, who's American, our supervising producer, was like, "Okay, if we want an American sale, you cannot say Caesars. You cannot say that these drinks that we're having are Caesars. Um, they have to be Bloody Marys because Americans don't understand Caesars." And we're like, "Okay." I, admittedly, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, "I've never had a Rob Roy, but if somebody said, here's a Rob Roy,' <laughs> and I saw it in a highball glass, I'm like, "Oh, it's oh, a glass of liquor. It's a drink. It's yeah. a drink." <laughs> We were like, ugh, fine, we'll, we'll film one. We'll do one where we call them Bloody Marys. And then he's like, no, no, that's all. Then we can just put it in. And we really gave him a hard time. And we sold it to IFC, and they're like, we love the show. One thing, what's a Caesar? Oh, my God, they didn't know? No, so we had they to replace it. can't even guess. Well, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Caesar is a very specific Canadian thing. Because if you say to Americans, a Caesar is a delicious drink, it's like a Bloody Mary, but with clam juice. They just are like... They can't hear anything you said past clam juice. The whole but they know everything that shuts down. Drink. It's clam like juice. They yeah. don't want to hear about clam juice. And I'm I debate that you know, Massachusetts knows what it is. We don't really think that about the clam juice, but there's clam yeah, juice. Yeah, I didn't understand the clam part, like that it was a portmanteau clamato for a long time, and that sucked to find out. Yeah, it's but clam the whole juice is what makes it delicious. Yeah, the whole sketch doesn't hinge on it being a <laughs> clam drink. I mean, that's not. What okay. the, what I've learned is America. What's happening? Look, okay, take, take the note. Take seriously. the note. I mean, it wasn't a bad no. What you, you don't get just notes. Take the take note. Good here. This take is the like country note. though that made Harry Potter change from the Philosopher's Stone oh, yeah. to the Sorcerer's Stone yeah, yeah. in case yeah. philosopher was too complicated. Well, intimidating what do you mean, like intellectually. Yeah. Well, you know, it is true. Like we do get comments on the American website that they people think we're British because they're like, oh, those accents and they're so <laughs> they sound so educated. Like what? <laughs> so. 
I don't know. Uh, no, the, the IFC has been great. Uh, we really like them. The, the network is pretty cool. They have um, they have pretty awesome things. They have something called Sloth TV, where they just show sloths. <gasps> what? It's a total stoner channel. <laughs> oh my god! Let's <laughs> they get have it something here. Something called 420 programming, which is at 4:20 a.m. and they play amazing stuff. And they yeah. Anyway, it's great. Um, yeah. Oh, you gotta get it. Okay, and so you said you're you're you finished filming season four. You're editing. You're, you've emerged from mm -hmm. the darkness to, uh, okay. And so when season four is airing? Uh, fall of this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And what, anything new and exciting? You just want to, why don't you just act out a few sketches? Oh, yeah. But that'll be, it'll be, it'll be that'll really be great. Uh, yeah, we have 10 new episodes coming out. Wow. It's uh, really exciting. Uh, there's lots of exciting stuff. Um, you will see Monica. You will see Jen. Oh, wait a minute. No, that was season three. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. This is the problem is, is because for us, it's like an endless news cycle. Like it never stops. Right. So I, I'm like, what was what what was what season? Which is why I can't remember who edited what or who's in the room currently. Yes. Um, but yeah, lots of exciting stuff. We There's some more genre pieces. We did some big stuff. We have it's a really beautiful look. Uh, we have we have a big transportation thing. There's trains, buses, uh, subways um, happening. We go to the cottage again, but this time in the winter. Um, <laughs> Billy and Donnie are back. Um, the detectives that uh, Roar and I play, Daisel and Hardcrack are back. Um, just did the egg thing that me and Allison Hogrove get in? This is just me asking. <laughs> no, but you've traumatized me, and now I feel really, really guilty about eating a boiled egg. I'm like, is this okay? Blame it on the network. It's a no. It was a note. Yeah, from, yeah. Uh, is this screaming at the two people on the subway get in? <laughs> I no. Well, we're still in the process of editing, so no, I don't think Not so. Because you know what? Oh, Sometimes yeah. when we shoot things, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I don't like the angle that that was shot. At. <laughs> oh, okay. It, doesn't, it was one of these things. It's a really sad thing. So we did this sketch, which with me and Paloma, my sister-in-law, where we're just women yelling at each other on the subway. And uh, I oh, love friends. It. The friends yeah. yelling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm yelling. Right? I love that one yeah. too. But you know what? It just and when we did it, so we're in a subway that's closed, and you know it's a set, so no one can leave. And the extras are after every take, they were laughing. So I was like, oh man, we got it, we got it. This is lightning <laughs> in a bottle. And I thought the editing, I'm like, oh my. God, we don't got it. Oh, <laughs> oh this is kind of, it's the angle's weird because we're both sort of upstaging each other. And it's just like, nah, this doesn't work too well. So, yeah. But you know what? It's funny in your minds. So I think <laughs> yeah, that's it. It'll always be preserved perfectly there. Yeah. yeah. And so, what is your production schedule like in terms of shooting? Like, is this, uh, so t 10 episodes, like, how many days are you shooting? What is, what are the rigors of oh, a bear? It's rigorous. Uh, it's ten weeks of shooting. Okay, wow. Um, usually with a hiatus in the middle, you kind of say goodbye to your friends, your family, yes. and your loved ones, sure. and you become somebody who, just, uh, yeah, is is a creature of production. Uh, so it's a lot, and then we shoot all over Toronto. We're in, yes. we're on location, so it's fun. Uh, this year we went we went everywhere. We were in Mimico. We were uh, at the Richmond Hill Observatory. Uh, we were at the Aga Khan Museum. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, where else were we? We were a bunch of places. Anyway, we've we pretty much we could do a tour of the city of places that we've we've filmed now. I think. Um, Maybe they will one day, like with the Sex and the City tour. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm so, I'm so saying, like, and you this know, is where the, yeah. I I can't wait to host it. Be great. That'll be my that'll be my job. <laughs> You'll be like <laughs> at the top of a bus going, mm -hmm. and here is where <laughs> Jen Whalen famously said, "Yeah, whatever." A lot of <laughs> it now would be in, in, in Mimico, which is uh, 
It's pretty dark. I don't know if you've been to, I'm sorry if anyone's from Mexico. There's really <laughs> lovely, it's really, there's really lovely houses, which I wish I knew about 10 years ago. But then there's also a strip that's so tough. I saw a woman waiting for a bus. She had no nose. Like tough. <laughs> wow. Yeah, tough. That's tough. Tough. Despite her face. she wasn't the toughest person yeah. waiting there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could go on, but probably shouldn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Later. Um, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure, like, are there other touring shows? This seems like it would lend itself to a live show, kind of. Is that something that... Um, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. We would love to do it. We would love to tour. Uh, we just, the production cycle right, right now does not allow for it. And we'd want it to be good. And yes. to do that, we'd have to rehearse it and have some time. But we would love to. So I think at some point we will, we will do that. Um, but I just don't know when exactly. Okay. I want you to tour all the scenes that didn't make it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Cause there's a you lot. You call it the failed, oh, the failed good. sketch tour. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's some good ones that for whatever reason just didn't work. Yeah. There's, we have actually some good material that never, there, there's some sketches that we're fond of that never made the show. So we actually probably, we joke about what we'd like to do at some point is have like a Christmas special, like with a fireside chat <laughs> where we could show all the material that didn't make it and talk about like what, you know, all right. Was there? I mean, before we we can open it up to uh, questions, I know there's lots of questions. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about that I, we haven't covered? Anything? No. No. Something? No. I feel I feel very you feel covered. well covered. Feel, yeah. All right. Well, then let's open it up to questions from the people from. Oh, okay. We, oh, and someone's gonna lovely person gonna bring you a microphone. I think she's gonna oh, throw I was, it. I'm at really you. hoping you're gonna throw it. Yeah. That would have been cooler. Awesome. Toss it. Oh come on! You could have done it. Yes. All right, so my question, uh, thank you for that presentation. I really enjoyed the sh watching the show and hearing everyone speak about the experience. Um, my question is about the demo that you created at the beginning of the process. And specifically, A, how long was the demo? And did you, I noticed the montage was very sharp and like all the characters were introduced. It was, looked amazing. Did you include any bit of that in the demo itself? And like how, how long was the demo basically? Uh, not that long i want to say it was like maybe 11 or 12 minutes it was pretty short again it was it was like our show so it's like really i think there were five or six sketches so really short tight tight sketches yeah um and um and and we had the red wine ladies was in the second demo we did so some a lot of the things that we still do were in the first one did you have to reshoot some of the stuff you shot in the demo for we clearance we did we did um well we you know because it was like obviously the technical standards weren't right, up to right. you couldn't air the demo because it's not um but yeah we reshot some of the things and some of the things worked really well and some of the things um that worked really well in the demo just again we we failed there was uh this sketch about um taking selfies that's selflessies so you have to take a selfie but doing something selfless um quite high concept yeah uh and it, it basically we did never made the show because <laughs> uh every angle we had of meredith you could see her battery pack so it was just like oh <laughs> you can see her mic you can't yeah so there's just sometimes weird things that happen they're like why did nobody notice that oh well they didn't Question over there. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Love it. Well, the editors have impressed upon us that that's how they'd like it to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they One really clean. would really like that a lot. <laughs> um, we try to. We try to get it. Um, we try to get it as close to 
the script as we can. Um, mostly, most of the improv actually does usually happen off the top or at the end. So usually it's tight, and it depends on what it is. Some sketches are like word for word what was in the script with no improv just because the script is so tight and it has a rhythm. And then other ones are way looser, like something like, uh, the funeral one that Meredith. Th that's and all. I that's did. a lot yeah. of obviously mostly improv. Like, but Meredith is great. Like she will. She knows the bits that she's gonna do, and then she strings them together and into this amazing thing. Uh, a lot of people's reactions, like um, in um, uh, the funky socks one, the guy who's like funky, who happens to be my brother. Um, he uh, that uh, most of his lines are improvised in that. That we're just like that's a great line. Let's put it in. So combo of the two. But we've also we've all had a real. We, we know that we're going to pay for it in editing, so we're careful to to make sure. And then we also shoot it in such a way we try and shoot as uh, uh, as as much as we possible as possible with two cameras and cross shoot, so that when we are going to do some improvisation, we can cut back and forth and we have some we're not locked in. Right, because it could be useless if yes. someone says something hilarious. You're like, yeah. we only have it from this angle. Yes, right. which has happened. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, oh, over in the on the back, backity back. Could the people asking questions be closer together? That would be very, <laughs> very helpful. Huddle, if you have. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, Great. Um, it seems you make a point of shooting on location, although a lot of the locations do seem generic. Like, for instance, in the driver's license mm. uh, sketch, you could see a strip of the Toronto, the mm. recognizably Toronto street in the background. I'm just wondering if it's um, a conscious decision to shoot on location and to feature Toronto. Yes, it was. We wanted to, uh, the whole idea, the ethos of the show was to talk about uh, living in a city, modern life in a city, um, which we hoped would be relatable to anybody in a city, not necessarily Toronto. We didn't want to show, and what we we made a conscious decision, we didn't want to show like postcard Toronto or tourism Toronto, so you won't see the CN Tower. Sometimes you see a streetcar, but we tried to avoid mailboxes, things that are like, you know, um, classic Toronto. So to, to, we try to think of it as more like, what would you see if you're living in this neighborhood? How would you experience it? Now that driver's license one, that's in Mimico. Um, and sometimes we get, we get hamstrung by like that kind of a location is hard to find. Yeah. You know, basically you need an empty building that you can dress. Um, so that's sometimes where things get get generic and and because we because of the location shooting we have to shoot in blocks so um a lot of the restaurant uh, stuff in that particular season was in kensington market um, now it's all inside so you can't really tell that it's kensington market but we we did a whole bunch of stuff right in that neighborhood and we we're there for a couple of days and then we move and we go to another place and we try and we try and build our days like okay well we need a gas station there's a gas station there and then we go to the park and then we're going to shoot in the house and we'll shoot in the front yard then we'll shoot in the backyard then we'll go inside when we lose the light and that's sort of how we build our days and sometimes too i will say too like sometimes you'll get people who are from Toronto being like, oh, it's Trinity Bellwood, or, oh, I've been to that restaurant. And, you know, you see that sometimes in American shows, too, but this show in particular has more Torontonians saying, I've been to, you know, the whatever coffee shop that they frequent. And so it feels like there's just a little bit more that Toronto is a character. Some of the things that happen in the show are specific to Toronto. I'm thinking of the one that happened in, I want to say season one or two, there, I'm one of you. That that one. Oh yeah, that's in a, that's in a hipster coffee shop on on uh, Dundas. Yeah, and I remember being on set where there was kind of a discussion that the coins made sounds on mm -hmm. the on the on the banquet. But there's a type of coffee shop in Toronto where they don't have debit and they don't have tap. It's cash only, 
And that is, it's not specific to Toronto, but it's a Torontonian thing. And that's the only thing that would make the sketch work. So in a way, Toronto is a character sometimes. It's like when Drake sat on the CN Tower on the album cover. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. And generally every morning on the show, we wake up and we're like, what would Drake do? And that's how we... They were like, what can we afford that Drake would do? <laughs> yeah, he's got a microphone. So I wanted to ask about uh, one of your sketches. Uh, so um, the Funky Socks sketch. Yes, Funky Socks. So my impression, when I was watching it, it kind of reminded me like a little take on bad Christmas sweaters. So uh, I, I was just wondering, what's the inspiration for that sketch? Well, okay. Which so was really good. So Carolyn Taylor wrote that sketch, and the inspiration in it was her her sister Leslie. She went. Her sister Leslie's a bit older than she is, and she went to a Christmas party, and uh, everybody had middle aged funky socks. And then she started to notice how many middle aged funky socks we wear, and we were all like, "Oh yeah, that, this is a thing." Um, in fact, it's such a thing. I um, I had to go to a, a funeral around last Christmas at my aunt's house, and I know that my aunt's house was a shoes off place, and it was cold, so I couldn't wear a skirt. So I'm wearing pants, and I all of my socks have swears on them <laughs> or just things that are not appropriate. Like I, I had to settle for a pair of black socks that have a dagger halfway up because at least my pants hid the dagger. But it, yeah, it is a thing. And, and you know, there are now those stalls everywhere that sell middle-aged funky socks. And you know what? I like a good sock. A good sock gives me joy, you know? So I, I feel like I hate it and then I love it at the same time. I got the mic, so I oh, guess you, you have the power. <laughs> I've seen every episode. I'm a huge fan since oh. the very beginning. Um, something really interesting happened to me was a bit of a turn um, when you did the sketch about um, in the police station with the rape kits and mm-hmm. the cops throwing them out. And to me, I thought, wow, this they're they're starting to get into a whole kind of satiric thing. Uh, that's something that's really important. And I'm I'm wondering if. Is it a thing that you could only do later when you're a hit? Is it a thing you wanted to do earlier? Is it a, is it a kind of area you want to get into more? Um, I think it was a, like a really a reaction to the times. Like when we were filming, I guess it was season two, must have been season two, um, uh, we were filming about the time that the whole Weinstein thing was breaking. So as we were filming, we became aware that some of the stuff that we were doing, we're like, well, this, this is not. We had a, a sketch that we had tried to do that I believe the you Monica about like um, the guy who gives inappropriate massages at the office and how to turn that to your advantage right. which we thought was and I still think is a very funny sketch but then in the light of this it was all of a sudden it was like oh this I don't think we can do this anymore like it was the conversation is so deeply changed and so we became uh, so aware of this this like groundswell of, of things and then that the impetus for that was um, Robin Doolittle wrote in the Globe and Mail this article about how many rape uh, kits were untested and you know everybody is obviously it's shocking and and Meredith McNeil really um, she really wanted to write a sketch about that and she really championed it and she worked so hard I have to give her full credit because she it took her the entire time of the writing room and she sort of got a lot of people's eyes on it because she wanted to make sure it was right and we talked a lot about it and a lot about the end we filmed a couple of endings because we weren't sure if uh, uh, you know, and then and then once we filmed it, then there was a lot of talk about okay, you know, we'll put the crisis things at the end for people, and you know, will people be triggered? How will this be received? Um, so it was a risky thing, but we felt that it was important, and we felt it was an important thing to talk about because some some stuff like that is so maddening. I think the only way that you can get through it is to joke, and I think sometimes if you make a really great joke about stuff, you 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 
you get people to think about it more than if you you know you just cite statistics. So d definitely, I think it's something that we will continue to do. It's not we don't we're not like um, this year will this will be our banner thing. It's more like uh, we just are sort of I think uh, comedy is the best when it's reacting to society. So it's just generally what we feel is um, you know in season three there's a lot of stuff about the end of the world because I think we were all like oh my god uh, yeah, you right? can really tell what year. Trump got elected season-wise yeah. in the show. Like, I think about first season is 2015. Yeah. And we were like, naha, dry shampoo. Yeah. And then, you know, the season that aired most recently, we're like, oh, will our children see their natural lifespans? Yeah. Um, but it is, like you said, just a reflection of, of what we are, because every Monday we have idea meeting, and it's about what we're talking about at the time. Um, and it reflects, yeah, these bigger conversations that we're having as a, as a culture. And I would also say too, some ske some sketches take like that sketch. I mean, you're right. Give it credit to Merit that she actually broke it in one season. Some sketches that we've had that I think have already aired. The Owl, is that true? Oh yeah, we did Owl Theory as well. Yeah. And and that one, I remember that went through three seasons. It took three seasons to write it because we would write it, and then if something was wrong with it, and, and we filmed it too. Yeah, and we filmed like, it. Ah, it. Didn't wasn't quite right, did so we did it again. Did it again, yeah. and so you know, it had so many people. It took three goes at it to get that thing right. And I think when the message is important then I think it's good that you are forensic about it and you, you take the time to kind of make sure that what you it's really what you want to say. Mic over here. Oh, it's so surprising. Where's the mic? Where's the mic? Where yeah. I'm mystery. Yeah. Um, I'm an enormous fan of the show, and I just wanted to say I have a question, but first a compliment that it makes me enormously proud to be a woman working in Canada in comedy because I think you folks are doing tremendous work, and it's an instant litmus test when you're out for drinks with new friends and if people go ice 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 <laughs> ice ice you're like okay cool people yeah. so yeah that's the impact that you're having so thank you oh, thank you and my question is in your idea meetings you were talking about asking the question um it, you know is it um what is it isn't it weird when do you have other springboards that you use to generate ideas mm. i always go here's what's making me angry uh, that is like, <laughs> I usually spend most of the time just complaining about, <laughs> about things. Uh, but then usually sometimes, sometimes out of that, out of, out of my complaining, uh, because there's so many incredible creative people around, uh, th they'll go, oh, this is, that's funny. That's this thing that you do or this thing that you're angry about. This is where I think it could take a turn. Yeah, and sometimes it's just who you sit next to. Yeah. Um, so in season three, there is a sketch about a period app that's based on a thing that happened between Jen and I when she was trying to show me the period app on her phone, and she handed it to me in such a way that I was like, am I supposed to insert this inside <laughs> Is that how this thing works? <laughs> and, and so then we, would just, we just wrote it quickly. We were just like, that's really funny. And, and wrote it quickly. And then there's other things like uh, there's a sketch. I don't know if it'll make the next season, but there's a sketch that we filmed that was I was talking about overhearing this woman's very personal conversation on the streetcar. It was amazing. She just went through all of this stuff and then she finished her conversation. She was talking to her therapist. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I really have, so I had a lot of breakthroughs and I feel really good and I'll see you next Monday. And I was like, um, so sometimes things like that happen. Um, one of my favorite sketches um, from season three, uh, the one with Meredith and Aurora, where they're in the haunted house. Um, oh, yeah. And they're going through this thing. That was Meredith uh, had been in England and gone to Madame Tussauds and had that experience with another woman. And so she was telling the story, and Aurora was like, oh, God. <laughs> "It's real. That experience is real. Yeah. That's like that's what's incredible. That it's like 
when they say you can't write it, you should write it. Like you should write it word for word. Like that's the real. And when Meredith told that story in the room, I remember being like, I can't. She was just. Oh, anyway, yeah. 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 So there's a lot of stuff. And then, you know, there's a hostage thing that was based on, you know, us always picking hair off yeah. each other and just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so e everything. So it's, those are the springboards. But but I would say um, it's a lot when we're talking about things, what Jen said is true. It's sort of if you are talking about, oh, you know, I had this thing and, uh, uh, and so it goes, oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. So, yeah. And, you know, the thing about that is and then if people start throwing down, you're like, oh, this is a good area. This is a good area. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I usually come in with a bunch of ideas. I never write any of them. I just listen to the conversation and get 10 way better ideas. Yeah. I feel like a shortcut to a strong POV too is just to write down, I, I do this anyway, uh, stuff that I really hate and stuff that I really like because then you're already starting with your point of view. You love that thing, you hate that thing. And sometimes it's just a matter of like some of the funnest and easiest sketches to write are just like imagine this thing I hate was good and I liked it. Mm -hmm. And then you just write that yeah. and, and that's it. Who has the mic now? Does anyone have a mic? Do, 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 oh. No, oh. Mics. no, no more questions. Does anyone have a question? Does anyone have? A They're all starting their own shows. Well, oh, <laughs> I saw. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. No. no. Oh, okay. No. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, this is for posterity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm. I mean, everybody here is a big fan, so they probably already know the answer. But how did you get the name for your show? Okay, well, that was uh, uh, Carolyn Taylor. Uh, I remember she gave me a list of names. She's like, we got to name the show. And we were talking about what, what can we name it and what can we name it. And she said, okay, so um, I put together a list of things. And there was a bunch of names on the list. And one of them was Baroness Von Sketch. And I was like, <laughs> it's really weird. It makes me laugh. I was just, it just made me laugh. And I was like, okay. And Carolyn, uh, she has a, a deep, serious, weird love of Sound of Music, specifically. <laughs> Baroness von Schrader, who I think you'll find as you age, your opinion about her changes. It's like when true. I was a kid, I was like, she's a villain. Now I'm like, oh no. I get her. I don't want your seven children. Thank you very much. I and also, take she my had rich a self life. Somewhere she else. She had in my a life, status. and it was like, what the hell? You, he and you fall in love with a nanny bee. A nanny wearing the drapes. Can you please stop being no. so cliche? So, anyway, so we thought, okay, Baroness von Schrader. And then we were like, we sort of looked and researched Baronesses slightly. And so it's the lowest rung of royalty, and you can buy the title. In you've season one, money. I tried to buy one. Oh, you're sweet. It was two hundred dollars <laughs> though at the time. They didn't have two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you can you can buy the title, and then we also we were just sort of researching baronesses, and and oftentimes they were kind of uh, rich eccentric women who could do what they wanted, and we thought that that was a great model for us of of just being these crazy women who just followed their bliss. And in my baroness life, I would only wear pajamas and drink champagne, perhaps have a tiger. Were you guys, now I'm just asking a question, were you guys expecting that people would call you the Baronesses or did you think of Baroness von Sketch as a different entity? Because I love that they call you the Baronesses, mm -hmm. but I never would have thought that's where this was going to go. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, you know, I don't remember, I do remember there being some discussion about when we were trying to make the credit sequence that maybe we would be in our street clothes, but we would all be wearing those crazy powdered wigs like Baronesses. <laughs> and so I think at that time, and then when we started, like, I know it's such a weird time now that you're like, oh, so what's your social handle going to be for Twitter? Are you going to be at Baroness or Baroness? And as, then people started to call us the Baronesses and it just sort of hit. But I didn't immediately think that either. It just was kind of a, it evolved. Yes. 
do you remember just uh, do you remember what some of the other names were? Just, just I, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's funny. I can visualize the piece of paper. I can. I can remember. Like I can remember. I can tell you where on the piece of paper it was about three quarters of the way down. Uh, I know it was written in blue ink, uh, but I couldn't tell you what the rest I got a was. fun name of the show anecdote for you, though, which is that Carolyn Taylor's mom watched a few episodes and then told her that uh, she thought they should rename the show and that they should call it Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yeah. Okay. So that question was about the visual style and the directing of the um, show. Okay, so we, we look at uh, the sketches as we're, that we're making a whole bunch of mini-movies. So each one has its own tone and its own its own look, uh, as much as time allows. Um, so for us, yeah, it was really important. Um, in our first season, when we were looking for a director, we, were, we, were looking, we looked for a DOP first, because that's how important it was to us. And uh, when we were looking for directors, we, uh, we um, gravitated to a bunch of them that were really like the look. They used natural light. It was, you know, really liked what they were doing, like the f way they framed it. And then we realized they all shared the same DOP. So we hired her. <laughs> and we loved her. Her name's Catherine Lewis, and she's so talented. Uh, but she's also like a capital A artist, so she wants to just make films. And so we keep saying every year, we're like, will you please come back and do our show? And she's like, no. Um, she's <laughs> off doing her other things. So And then we also hired in our, our first season, um, uh, Alicia Young was our director, and she was not a television director. She came out of commercials, and we like we also liked her sensibility. It was a little off kilter. Um, we we really wanted to go with not the usual suspects. We, we were very wary of having people who came in and said, "Oh yeah, 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 we know, you know, we are, yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah, three shots and walk away. You know, uh, three sizes. That's all we need." Um, we really wanted uh, people who were into what we were doing and and and, and were as passionate about it as, as we were um, and wanted to give new people and have a new look. We really, um, all of us, I think, had a real strong reaction to the way that comedy is usually presented on TV in Canada. Uh, at, and the sketch shows that had come before us were you know mostly three camera things that were very overlit so we really wanted it to be more of a slice of life like we wanted you to feel like you're part of it you know that it's like if it's not you on screen it's someone you know you're like i am that person i was that person i know that person was one of actually is an ethos that we had in the first season for sure that's great there's also a huge i just want to say shout out to that production team like there's some like the hair on your show. Our team's awesome. Honestly, and they it's so incredible. It's like, yeah, and each person that works on production, they also like come in with their own vision as well, and they're so talented. Dare I say it revolutionary to make a sketch show without a reliance on wigs for comedy? Yes, that was another thing. We were like, no wigs, no wigs. Now oh, we're sort of no like, wigs. well, maybe I'll have a wigs wig. They are fun, though. They are fun. Ext like having the thing, the extension thing that puts, that's not a wig, is it? Technically, sure. I guess it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wiglet. There was another question I saw here. Uh, I just want to ask: When you're writing together, what do you do um, if you happen to disagree with uh, certain things? Like we fight it out to the death. <laughs> no, we have so, a ring. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't ha really happen that often. Sometimes we do have different differences uh, of taste, or you know, uh, somebody will be like, "Oh, I love this sketch," and someone's like, "Yeah." I'm not so sure about that one. Uh, but we have a lot of respect for each other, so um, we generally are like, okay, you get the benefit of the doubt because sometimes, you know, it's it's hard to tell. But we also, you know, because we do have table reads, y you can tell if things aren't working or if, if, uh, if things are not where they need to be. We're generally pretty aligned. I can't really think of ever 
I can think of like a couple of sketches that maybe at, at, at the first couple of seasons when we were trying to figure out what it was that there was more like, oh, not sure if this is the thing or is this the thing. Um, but now I think we have a better idea of how to how to make it the um, uh, the tone. Uh, also, you know, there, we're four different people who have slightly different tastes. So that's also part of it, too. Like there's sort of, you know, th there's like sort of the, a Carolyn taste, Meredith taste, Aurora taste, my taste. And so it becomes a, 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 a mix of them. But again, to the trying to create, you know, a nice place to work. We I don't think we've ever really we haven't had dust ups. And because and I think because um, we're not competitive in that way. Like, it's not like, oh, you got the number one sketch this week, so you're the best writer. Um, and the ranking that can happen in other rooms, it's it's not it's not the same um, in terms of the competitiveness and people getting really stuck. And other times too, like we've had things where, you know, somebody loves a sketch, it doesn't really work, and then they they do bring it back the next season. They try it a different way. We have a okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking about. I wrote a sketch in, in season one that we filmed and it didn't really work. Uh, but Aurora was like, I still think about that sketch. And so she, we tr I tried to write it again, a like two more times, still couldn't quite crack it. She reimagined it. I don't want to say what it is because I, I will give away what <gasps> is it, it is. Is it what I think it is? It is what you think it is. But okay. I'm hoping, <laughs> we filmed it again. We won't tell, just, just. just yeah. Just. Okay, so basically don't tell anyone. But it was basically based on the idea of that lady, right? Um, I was at a patio and somebody was smoking and I was like, oh God, do I have to be that lady? <laughs> and I did. Um, but I was also like, why is that a bad thing? I'm helping everybody here. So Aurora reimagined that lady into a superhero. So we filmed it as a oh. thing. I don't know if it will make the show or not, but um, it was cathartic for I me. I brought and up that lady the other day. Yeah. Once you start thinking about that lady, because you can't Because when stop you guys were pitching it in season one, I was like, ugh. Yeah. Guys, no one wants to be that lady, and now I'm 30, and I'm like, she is me. Yeah. <laughs> I am her. I sometimes am you her. just have to be that lady. You don't want to be that lady, but, but you, it's, uh, yeah. sometimes someone needs to tell their kid on the plane to be quiet. Yeah. That lady has a very big importance. I was on a streetcar, and this guy was being like weird and racist, and everyone was like, ah. Uh, and this lady was like, no, sir, sit down. Yeah. No one wants to hear your nonsense. I was like, thank you, that lady. Thank you, that lady. Oh, my God. She's the unsung hero. That she lady is. is not what the city wants. It's what no, the city deserves. Exactly. <laughs> She's not sexy. <laughs> there's an episode I think it's called um, um, it, it, There's Just Something About Her. Is, mm. that, is that the one? Um, it's so sexually explicit. It's so politically incorrect. Hilarious as hell. But uh, how do you write something like that with the roadblocks? How do you write something like that, giving it to the network to approve? Um, well, you know, the network is, we have a great partnership. They, we haven't really, you know, I've never had an experience like this with a network where they're so on side with us. Um, uh, there's something, about, I think you started that, that baby. Um, and that was one where I think that we were sort of, it went through a few incarnations and I was like, no, there's something about it. So I do remember late stage, um, doing like being like, okay, I'm going to try and rewrite, get it, get it to work and a uh, trim and, and stuff. Um, because we wanted to talk about that there is that thing that we don't talk about as women's hard but but there is the thing of uh, you know um and i think it's uh i think i see it uh and i didn't realize the privilege that i had when i was younger I, 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 speaking as working in a writing room you know being like the youngest person in the room and you know maybe being 25 and you know i didn't think i was cute at the time but i probably was and um the past that i got 
you know, the pass that I got from older men who are like, ah, you know, I could get away with being quite, quite cheeky because they didn't take me seriously and I wore a short skirt or whatever. You know, so that power that as you get older, you're like, oh, I don't got that anymore. What are you going to hire? You know, like, so, and, and in terms of, uh, for, for writers, especially women, once I hit about 40, I was like, I can't get hired. People don't want to pay my rate. They don't want to pay me for my experience. They'd rather have two 20-year-olds that they can just, you know, they're cute and they can dismiss them. So uh, we want to talk about, uh, like, you started, but that's what, that's what struck me about it and that's what I that's why I really fought for it because I was like I want to talk about that and I just cut it in because there's something about me yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. Um, also I think a lot of that uh, is another classic case of improv like I mean a lot of the physical stuff in the show in particular gets pushed I think mm. to like the next level like that maybe at the table read Meredith's not humping the table not usually so Sometimes. much Sometimes, not though. so much humping yeah. the table at the table read depends on our weekend went yeah yeah <laughs> And then I think we really dialed, we tried to dial down on like what each of, how it would change for each of us and who we would be in that. Um, yeah, it was, that was a fun one. I really enjoyed that. I am curious to know who are some of your comedic heroes? Like who influenced you guys as writers and performers? All right. Oh, uh, well, I, I gotta say Andrea Martin. I, I really loved how just so crazy she was. Uh, and is still, I'm just, uh, I love her. Um, and so I was very inspired. I grew up on SCTV, so uh, Catherine O'Hara and, and her are just incredible. Um, and I guess maybe I was part of the generation of Jan Hooks on SNL and um, that all the women around that time were, were big for me. Um, I'm trying to think of other people that, but I think th I think really Andrew Martin was my my big one, and then you know sometimes I'll I'll watch Meredith and I'll be like there it is a little mm -hmm. bit like the spark of oh sure it, yeah. you know she has that just uh, double make hair kind of thing and all of you have a, a little bit of spark of something occasionally where I'm like oh my god there it is it's just it's it's a wild cardness that I I really appreciate in the Baronesses sometimes when you guys improvise and it's great. Oh, uh, well, you know, I loved, I loved Catherine O'Hara. Like, she's just my spirit animal. I, like, we've, our, because she's got a show on CBC, sometimes our paths cross, and I'm just like, don't be weird, don't be weird, don't be weird, don't be weird. <laughs> and I'm always weird. Um, so one day I'll not be weird. Uh, uh, so I loved her. I loved Lily Tomlin. Um, I, love, uh, I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And I love, I love Maya Rudolph. Like, so much. I love her so much. So um, she's so incredible. I love a lot of British comedy. I, like, I really liked Monty Python. I really like French and Saunders and Smack the Pony. Mm -hmm. um, they're great. I love Big Train, that sketch. They have a, like, okay, so if you want to Google something politically incorrect, they have this sketch about an office that they're having a conversation about everyone has to stop masturbating in the office and <laughs> really funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love those. Those, those are just a, a sampling. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on British comedy as well. I feel like um, I think I didn't think I was going to work in comedy and that I would be like a writer writer because I don't really go to like a very wacky place very easily. So I love um, something like Monty Python, which is like based on usually a very like, or they can be kind of highbrow, but they also have this silly thing where they start with a highbrow concept and they make it ridiculous. You know, taking like um, the Holy Grail myth and then having a whole like spanking interlude or whatever is very like, that's my zone. Um, I think P.G. Woodhouse is like the funniest writer that ever lived. 
Um, French and Saunders, like absolutely fabulous. That Michelin Web look. Um, there's Key some really. Hmm? Oh, we love Key and Peele. I just remember I'm like oh, Dave yeah. Chappelle. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I, I had to blurt out. No, I please. Like, oh, I remember <laughs> the name. Please yeah, yeah. help. <laughs> well, I, I'm getting this, and so I, I, either she's having a very good time, or I think that's Brad. Brad is that yeah. okay? I'm maybe not a technical. Both. Yeah. Yeah, maybe both. Um, well, first of all, thank you. First of all, uh, on behalf of everyone, thank you for making such a great show. Really inspiring. Uh, uh, a real pleasure to talk to you guys. Very thoughtful and funny, and can't wait for season four. Uh, and thank you to everyone here for coming out. We really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, you know, bug them in the lobby. They'll, they'll sign autographs. Uh, don't be Canadian. This is your chance. Ask them questions. I've slipped them like five pitch packages. You know, it's, it's 10 p.m., sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all very much for coming out. Oh, my God. In this freezing yeah. weather, you're heroes. You're amazing. Yeah, yes. thank you. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Have a good night. Good night. You've been listening to Writers Talking TV, presented by the Writers Guild of Canada. All the podcasts in this series can be found on the Writers Guild website, wgc.ca, and at iTunes. Thanks to the team at TIFF Bell Lightbox and to our technical producer, Philip Vukovic. I'm Jeff Biederman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>